I want to welcome you to 1 Peter chapter 3, day one of our look at this chapter. The last week we began to look at how you can live a cut above in the world below in your relationships and how it begins with the choice to be humble, to be unselfish, what the Bible calls an attitude of submission. The word submission in the Bible does not mean unwilling compliance as we use it sometimes today. In the Bible, the word submission means unselfish choice. And last week, we looked at some difficult relationships to apply this principle of submission, our relationship with the government, the relationship they had even as slaves, that in every relationship, we are to have humility, no matter what the relationship, even towards our enemies, we're to have humility. This week, we're going to look at what may be some even more difficult relationships, because they're the everyday relationships, the places where we have to be unselfish, humble every single day. It's hard to be unselfish at home, because It's with you every single day. And as Peter talks here, he's talking about more than doing something, one thing, unselfish during every day or every week. He's talking about having an attitude, a lifestyle of unselfishness. And at the beginning of this chapter, he talks to wives and he talks to husbands. Now, as you hear these truths, if you're married, they're going to be very applicable to you. If you're not yet married, there's still the application of you being unselfish in your relationships in your home. But there's also the application of you praying for wives and husbands because of the importance of marriage, the importance of those relationships, the importance of raising kids, the importance of the strength that it brings to churches and to culture and everything. So be praying and also be applying this wherever you are in your life. He begins by talking to wives, and he simply says, wives, be unselfish toward your husband. Now, Warren Wiersbe calls this section wedlock or deadlock, and Whether our choices are selfish or unselfish is really what makes the difference between those two. Listen to what he has to say, what Peter has to say, beginning in verse 1. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women in the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. As Peter talks here, he just walks through what it means to be unselfish as a wife. Let me just walk through with you four or five things that Peter points out it means to be unselfish as a wife. Number one, he tells us it means that you prayerfully release your expectations back to God. You prayerfully release your expectations back to God. You stop trying to make your husband into what you wish he was. You trust God to work out his best plan for your husband's life rather than you trying to nag him, to make him, to form him, to cause him to become your best plan for what you think God's best plan is for his life. What I'm saying here is resist the temptation to take on the role of his personal Holy Spirit. Ruth Graham, a couple of great quotes from Billy Graham's wife, Ruth. She once said, God gave a woman to a man to make him happy and gave him the Holy Spirit to make him good not the other way around. So recognize what your relationship is. And then she also said, and this is a truth here for both husbands and wives, both men and women, I pity the married couple who expect too much from one another, Ruth wrote. It is a foolish woman who expects her husband to be to her 
that which only Jesus Christ can be, always ready to forgive, totally understanding, unendingly patient, invariably tender and loving, unfailing in every area, anticipating every need, and making more than adequate provision. Such expectations put a man under an impossible strain. So what you do is you dump the perfect man of your dreams, because there's no such thing as a perfect person, and you do number two. Number two, you build his faith. That's one of the things that you do in being unselfish, is you help to build his faith. Now, Peter is very clear about this to wives of unbelieving husbands. He says, you, as you live out your life for Christ, you're gonna allow him to be one without a word. Let your example, he says, of unselfishness build him toward a place of faith in his life. This is also true of those of us who believe. Shondell, my wife's example of faith, has built my faith in innumerable ways. Her unselfish choices, have taught me again and again and again how to be unselfish. Now, I know as I'm talking about this, you might be thinking, well, that works for some guys, but some guys just don't get it. I mean, if you're unselfish towards them, they just soak it in. They think, think, well, that's what I deserve, and they never learn to be unselfish themselves. What Peter is saying here is the best opportunity for you to change those you are closest to is through your example, not through your words, but through your example. We are oversensitive to words of rebuke from those who are closest to us. Now, every relationship is different, and some have matured to be able to take more constructive criticism than others, but in every close relationship, the most powerful agent for change is your unselfish love towards that person, your actions. This is true in marriage. It's also true towards your children. If you have a child who needs to change, yes, you need to say that they need to change, but the most powerful agent for change is gonna be in your unselfish actions. This is also true on the level of personal evangelism. He's talking about being one without a word, one through your actions. He's not saying you should never speak the truth. He's saying your actions do speak louder than your words. There is a time to stop pressing someone for a decision and just pray for them as you're helping them to come to know Christ. The truth is, if you continue to share with someone too urgently, too often, who is not willing to hear, you're actually increasing their resistance to the gospel. You need to stop and pray until the door is open. Those we are closest to know that we believe, and they are often one to faith by seeing the reality of that belief in our everyday lives. So you build their faith. A third thing that Peter talks about here is one of the things that you do to be unselfish is you express true beauty. That's one of the great expressions of this chapter. The truth is we chase after beauty in all kinds of ways. I mean, just look at the makeup aisle in the store. You can count literally by the thousands the number of ways that we chase after beauty. And these verses are not saying, as some say that they are, that it's wrong to look good on the outside. It's a good thing to look good on the outside, only that that's not where true beauty is found. It's more important to care for the beauty on the inside. Peter says here, don't get caught up in the adorning of yourself with these outer things. It's interesting, that word adorning is the Greek word cosmos, and we use that word sometimes still in English to talk about the order of the universe. It's the opposite of chaos. The cosmos is the orderly arrangement of creation. So he's talking about here the orderly arrangement of your clothes and your makeup and your face. But what Peter is saying here is if your face is in order, but your heart is a mess, there's no real beauty in your life. Beauty comes from the heart, not from the store. And so he talks about the beauty, the true beauty, the inner beauty of a gentle, a quiet spirit. And that spiritual change, that kind of beauty, it can only come from knowing how deeply loved you are by the Lord. Jesus 
had a gentle and quiet spirit. And so when you know how deeply you're loved by him, you're able to have that kind of spirit. And as Peter talks through here some practical things that it means to have this spirit of unselfishness in a marriage, he talks about it being about building someone's faith, beauty in your life, but he also says it means that you do not give way to fear. So you do not give way to fear. You take the example of the, of the women of the Old Testament. Now, we're all, every one of us is warned against fear throughout the Bible again and again and again because we can easily be overwhelmed by fear. Verse six here is a word especially to wives. So much can go wrong in a family. So much can go wrong with your house, your husband, your kids, with the realities of life that you can become overwhelmed by the fears of what could go wrong. You can hang on to those fears so tightly that they actually cause you to become selfish rather than unselfish. You feel a right to be selfish because you're afraid, you're worried. Fear, it tears at you, and it turns every decision into a nightmare. How do you overcome that fear? Because so many of us face it, so how do you overcome it? Well, one way is to literally close your eyes when you're feeling overwhelmed by worry or fear and visualize yourself and that circumstance in the hands of the Lord. Picture yourself, that circumstance in the hands of the Lord. Realize you are not alone. You're not carrying through with this alone. And through doing that, through that moment of trust, you're able to begin to put aside fear in your life. Trust destroys fear. Now as we pray together, I wanna pray for God's strength for unselfishness in all of our lives. Jesus, we come to you and we ask for a strength only you can give. If we're gonna be unselfish, not focused on ourselves, we've gotta be focused on you and know that your love is given to us. I pray for wives, particularly today as Peter has just talked to wives, that God, a gentle and quiet spirit, a true beauty, an ability to trust instead of fear would be put into each heart. And through that, God, you just give wonderful blessings in these women's lives, in their husbands' lives, in their kids' lives, wonderful blessings that come from our trust in you. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, don't miss tomorrow. We're going to talk about how husbands can act unselfishly towards their wives. <music>